welcome back to The Rack Podcast. This is Sonia Rieger. If you didn't catch the last episode featuring Beer Wall on Pen owner Josue Matos, you can listen to that one and all the Rack Podcasts on rack.edu slash about dash rack slash podcast. Or listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us today. Today we have a special guest who's here to tell us about engineering and how in demand that career is right now. As the son of first generation Americans, he knows the value of hard work and the promise of the American dream. When his family moved to Pennsylvania, he enrolled at Harrisburg Area Community College before going on to earn two bachelor's degrees. Now he works as a control systems project engineer with Trolla Industries. They provide design, build, automation, and control solution services for a variety of end users, original equipment manufacturers, engineering firms, contractors, and utilities in an industrial market that includes small manufacturing firms and large Fortune 500 companies. Please welcome Chris Moonsammy. Thank you, Sonia. I was looking forward to doing this podcast with you, and um, I'm excited. So thank you. Yes, welcome. <laughs> it's so fun to have my friends and really exciting people on the podcast. Thank you for being here. It's so good to have you here today. You know, it's always so interesting to talk to you when we hang out and just anytime you say something about your work because engineering is so interesting and your skill set is so important in the world today. So tell me about that. Yeah, so so Sonny, you know how I always uh, talk. I live and breathe work. So Oh, it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be here and um, let other engineers in the field or aspiring engineers see what it the possibilities of what is out there and what it's it's like because when i was in school i i wish if somebody was there to tell me what it was actually like i just saw a lot of these uh false false facts yeah i would say um with salaries and just where i possibly would be at the point i'm at now so so yeah so i'm excited what inspired you to get into engineering originally Okay, so I guess we can backtrack a little bit. Um, sure. Uh, first, I went to Harrisburg Area Community College for political science. And going there, I have Indian parents. So they wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer. And, you know, to please them, I, I chose to be a lawyer. So I went there to go get my, you know, my gen eds and get my, uh, my poli-sci degree. And then move on to a four-year college and um, then go to law school. But going through um, Harrisburg Area Community College, I realized that uh, that was not for me. So I, um, I still got my associate's degree and I moved on to Millsville University. I wanted to do engineering because that's what my, my goal in life was. I love that. So I, after that, then I went to Penn State, uh, got my EE degree. After you enrolled in the community college, how did that really prepare you for entering into your four-year degrees later on? I think the, the going to the community college in the first place was great for me because I wasn't ready for what was coming, you know. And going there, I felt like the, the teachers were just uh, more welcoming. I mean, was welcoming, but... I only realized it until I went to a four-year college how welcoming those teachers were. Mm -hmm. um, to me, they were more one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah, I just, I just felt more. I felt more uh, intimate, a more intimate setting at a community college at Hack. I'm not just saying that because I'm doing a a uh, interview here at a community college, but I, f I felt more more one-on-one -on -one with the teacher. I learned a lot more, attained a lot more, and and made me feel more comfortable. So I'm, I'm happy I went through there. And, and honestly, I learned that getting your gen eds, why go to a, you're going to pay 700 plus dollars for a credit when you're going to community college and you're paying like 200 bucks. Right. So it, it was a no brainer for me. And I always preach to other people like, hey, start off community college, see what you want to do first. Why go to a high, uh, just 
pay more money for, you don't know what you want to do. I definitely agree with you. I say that all the time that it's okay if you don't really know what you want to do and to jump in at the community college because the cost is less. You have a little bit of time and money to explore really what direction you decide to go in. Totally agree. So you mentioned that your parents were Indian. So tell me more about that. Uh, so, of course, uh, I love your dad, but tell <laughs> us more. <laughs> Obviously, you know, my, pa- my, my parents um, migrated here from Guyana, which is in South America. They landed in New York City, and that's where I was born and raised. So I, I, w- I went to school in Manhattan there. I went to art school at the time. I was really into art. Side note, I won first place for the uh, Twin Towers Memorial like drawing contest. I did not out know of that. all of New York City. I wow. won first place, and um, my artwork was uh, on display at a Jacob Javits Center. But I went. I went to school in in, in Manhattan. Uh, I was there for 9/11. I was there for all of that, and I, and I lived in Queens, and I had to travel three hours basically to get to school. <laughs> wow, through <laughs> but, the subways. And yeah, subways and, okay. and buses, and yeah, I went to school there, and then uh, I, after af- after that, I went to school in Bayside, Queens, and from there. I was on my way home and uh, I was on the bus and like 20, 20 something guys, they jumped and stabbed me for my jacket. At the time I hated, hate's a bad word, but I highly disliked those guys. But now I love them because that time there, that incident changed my life forever. And I love my life now. So I'm happy that they did that. And, you know, they they basically took my jacket, beat me up. And and then after, after that, I my parents said, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, let's move somewhere different. Let's go somewhere. And guess what? I chose Lancaster, Pennsylvania out of all places. <laughs> so I chose Lancaster, Pennsylvania because, you know, we came to Tanger Outlets. And out of staters, we love Tanger Outlets. But now I live here and I don't like Tanger Outlets. <laughs> It is a great spot to shop if you're not yeah. from around here. Yep. So, I mean, I survived the incident in New York City. I, I moved here to Lancaster County, and I went to school. I went to Hemfield High School for my senior year, finished up there, and that's when I did my. Uh, I went along my uh, college career. And, and yeah, I would, say, I would say I'm very thankful for that all to happen because my life would be so different now. And, and then, obviously, I met my wife along the way. I had my son. And, yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's my, my backstory. So you got a fresh start, but really it was the catalyst to all the good things that were about to happen to you, even though you didn't know it. Yep. Yep. And that's why, you know, there's always a plan for each and every one of us. Don't ever be down about your situation. Just work through it and make it better because there's a plan at the end of that. Whatever the uh, the bump is in the road, just know that there's a plan is what you make out of it. That's great advice. All right. So what job did you have first after you completed your degrees? Um, so while I was going to Penn State for my EE degree, for my undergrad, I was working at Denver Cold Storage. I was a technician there. And the manager that hired me took me under his wing. It's always great when somebody takes you under their wing. Because mm-hmm. while you're in school or even after you graduate, you're, you're not going to know anything. You're going to come out and you're going to like say, what did I get myself into? But it's right. normal. Every engineer goes through that. And uh, fortunately for me, I, I found a guy, that, a manager to take me under his wing. I learned a lot. It was more of a maintenance, I would say, um, uh, position. But there's, there was, I learned a lot of automation from him because he was making the facility more automated. Mm-hmm. And I, cre- I helped create the first uh, automated string wrapper for them because uh, a, a normal one would be maybe $50,000 and we created that one for maybe $10,000. Wow. And that's where I got my foot in the door. Okay. And what is that machine that you just told us about? So, what does that do? An automated string wrapper, I guess, uh, Orion makes. I can't even remember the name right now, but I think it's Orion. And um, that's just one of the many brands. But you put a pallet on there of 
product on it's on a skid and it spins around and it wraps like shrink wrap cling wrap around it to be able to transport and i the ones that were there were just they wanted another one was super expensive so i helped create one that was maybe a fifth of the price that's a that's really a really interesting story so you began working sort of as the maintenance technician how did you transition into working as the engineer that you are today as the control systems engineer so uh, after working there for maybe i would say three or four four years i obviously graduated a year prior to me leaving there and a year and a half prior to me leaving there and i was looking for other opportunities because i wanted to put my degree to work and actually learn more and i found an opportunity at another another place and that was as a electrical engineer and it was in the food and beverage industry and I dealt with designing industrial controls automation. And after that place, I worked there for maybe three years. And I'm a, I just started at my current job now. I am a uh, control systems project engineer. So I basically do all the same things I did in my last job. But now it's more of a, uh, I'm, I'll say a lone ranger. I have nobody above me really besides the manager. I'm kind of like calling the shots. Okay. So it's a lot more uh, uh, stressful, I would say. So I'm, currently I work at Troll Industries. Uh, I've been here for about seven, seven months. Okay, so tell me about that stress a little bit because, you know, when people are going in to decide what they want to do in their college career, they might be considering how their future career is going to fit in with their family life. So I would say my, my, my first mo- real engineering job was at my uh, second place of employment, and that place had no work-home balance whatsoever. I was traveling the one time I traveled maybe for five weeks, and just so listeners can know, when you're an electrical engineer, you will be traveling. You have to be on site to start up and supervise. There's no, you, you have to. And with my current job here, traveling has gotten better. They care more about your work home life balance. They care a lot about it. Actually, I work from home currently and it's probably going to be indefinitely, but you have to go into to the shop and see your projects go through every once in a while. But yeah, yeah, I would, I would say be prepared to be on the road. Just put it in perspective at my current job I'm probably on a road maybe three weeks no I would say maybe about four to six weeks out of the year oh okay so that's not bad yeah yeah not bad so working from home how has that been with your son Oh, it, it's, it's been fun. I, I, I get to see him. I get to babysit him. I get to do my work. Uh, I get to create my schedule around around him. It's great. It, it's great. I mean, COVID has just, our lives has forever changed. The workforces have forever changed. Mm-hmm. And to see how it's changed is just, it's shocking. What's the most exciting project that you're working on right now that you can share with us? The most exciting project, let's put it this way. The most exciting project I have worked on was actually the most stressful one. And I, I can't say the name, but it was, they, they made Strombolis. And this- I love Strombolis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Seeing it come out the oven there was the best thing ever. It was so good. <laughs> made me feel so hungry. But this automated line system was actually two floors and it had elevators, it came out of the oven, went into loaders, unloaders. It was just a big line and it was stressful. I was running up and down stairs, everything. It was just to make this thing work. I, it was stressful at the time and now I can look back and say, I learned a lot and it was fun. Right now, currently, jo- current jobs I'm working on, not anything really crazy fun. It's just your regular industrial controls. I'm creating panels, uh, programming these things to get them to work. I would say nothing really over the top, just the regular. So as an engineer, there are opportunities to kind of have some fun and work in an industry that you might 
sort of be interested in like the food industry because that would appeal to me, but you can also do some programming as well. Correct. So in my job, I, I'm a control systems engineer, so I'm going to have to know how to program uh, PLCs, HMIs, et cetera, and design them. In the food and beverage industry, uh, let me tell you, EEs are highly needed and more, more so people who know how to program. That is the future. I mean, programming with automation, it's, it's no stopping it. It's taking over. So here at Rack, we have the PLC programming classes. I think you've had a chance to look over those offerings that we have, as well as some of the smart automation technology. How do you think that will do for our community members who are maybe looking to advance in their career? So in a nutshell, the workforce is moving away from manufacturing and manufacturing is being taken over by automated systems, robotics and stuff along that, along those lines. So, and there's other things like such as vision systems, which go along with automation. That's very important because now different companies are looking to track. They want to track where, let's say a bagel went through a line. They want to be able to track where that bagel was, when it was made, who made it. So the future is different. We want less user errors Mm -hmm. and me on myself in this field i've seen the better engineers have been from non-four-year colleges wow that's really interesting it's i i know it's shocking because myself being from a four-year university i can tell you that i lacked so much when i went into the workforce there were things that i should have known that i i felt i should have learned but i had to learn the field and the problem with that is that when you're going to for let's say a penn state ee program it's a lot of theory involved there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of hands-on but there were hands-on for the eet program i didn't want that i wanted the ee degree but i would say people that that aspiring engineers that think, hey, technical school or community college degree, um, I'm going to shy away from that. I think you shouldn't. And when you're in the field to learn how to program, to learn how to control an HMI, can learn how to do ladder logic with PLCs, that stuff you will learn from. When I was looking over the program list here at Rack, they have that. Uh, they have that at Hack. They have that at other technical schools. I mean, that that's what we need. Working with other engineers that have came on, it was like a revolving door with some of them. And the guys who came from four-year degrees were just they didn't know as much. And when they found out what it actually was, they didn't like it. So there definitely are some opportunities for graduates with the two-year degree in those fields then. Yes. And the salary is there. Uh, if I can shed some light on the salaries. Absolutely. So for a, a junior engineer coming out, it doesn't matter if you are from a two-year degree, four-year degree. I wish somebody told me this stuff coming out. <laughs> so uh, coming out of, of school with no, no experience, you'll probably be making, I would say, 45 to 60. After that, when you become an engineer, you can make anywhere between, let's say, 60 to 90. And then after that, there's going to be, I mean, depending on where you want to take your engineering route. For example, I'll just use this as an example. If you want to be a programmer and you want to design cabinets, be an industrial automation system control engineer, you can make six figures. It just matters how much you know and the time you want to put into learning. Mm -hmm. If you put your time into learning and want to learn lateral logic people would pay you to do that because it's such an in-demand field there's not a lot of programmers out there and the programmers are all older men so if you're a woman or if you are a younger person in general these baby boomers are on their way out we need the fresh blood to come in and and take those spots and positions that's so great to know so the future outlook is really rosy and you will make good great money i mean and if you want to be in the management positions 
those people pay 90 to 125. I mean, it's great money out there. Does that also go for the maintenance technician side as well? Are those also in demand? So maintenance technicians going into the field and me actually commissioning the stuff I design, those maintenance technicians, let's say work, like, let's say we're talking, this just hypothetically speaking, I haven't worked there. Let's just say at M&M's plant or, or some, some sort of that, the technicians there are going to be working on the stuff that I designed. So those are in demand, especially if you know how to program, because then you could facilitate making adjustments and stuff like that. And these companies are moving towards automation, so they will need technicians to do that. But the pay, I would say you'll probably make more being the person that's designing those things. Okay. So what's the hardest part of being an engineer today? You'll have a lot of sleepless nights. There's times <laughs> I go to bed and I'm thinking about work or I'm hanging out with my son and I'm thinking about work. It's, mm-hmm. it's a never-ending door. What I'm learning now is that you have to leave your work at the door. But it's getting harder because you're working from home. So you can't leave it at the door. Which door do you leave it at, you know? Right. It's hard to split those times because everything kind of runs into each other. Correct. And I would say the most stressful thing is you always got to revise your work three, four times, even if it comes out to printing it out and redlining it yourself. Because what happens if you don't do that, something's going to come up and it's going to be like, oh, I have to order that. Oh no, there's like a six week lead time. I can't get it in time. The stress of being an engineer, it's there. You just have to be prepared to be able to, um, I would say improvise and make things work. You have to be a great problem solver. And another thing I could say, we need more engineers that are more extrovert. The last company I worked for, engineers were not talking to each other. They were just in their cubicles doing their own thing. The company I work for now, I can say this about them. They told me from the very beginning, they are very particular who they hire. Out of 200 people, they picked me. Uh, I feel lucky. I mean, sometimes I'm like, why did you guys pick me? That is so cool. But they said that they want people that play well, that can talk to people, you can always learn something. Being an engineer, you could learn it in the field, but a personality is hard to come by. So all I can say is just be more talkative, play well with others. We need that. That's so interesting because sometimes you think of the stereotypes associated with certain positions and you think that perhaps IT folks or engineering folks are sort of the type of people that sit behind the computer and maybe don't say much and don't go out much, but really that's not what this industry is looking for. Correct. And most engineers are like that and we don't need that. We need collaboration in this field. If you're not talking to each other, you won't learn things. And another thing is you won't be able to pick up mistakes or things you can improve on. So we have a lot of students that come to RAC, high school students and also individuals who are already out in the workforce. They come to us and they say that they want to be engineers, they want to work in engineering. What kind of advice would you give to them? I would say what I should have done. While you're in college and you're in high school, you need to find find jobs out there, find internships, find things to learn, research. You need to get get your feet wet. You know, if I had done that, probably would have went up the ladder faster than I did because there's a lot of things you don't know. Find somebody to take you under their wing, even if it's working for free. I know it's saying that, but I mean... Just you, getting you, that experience. You need to learn, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say that. And then obviously people that's in the field, I would say you need to put your resumes out there. If you're not happy, there's no reason to stay there. You need to start searching and improve your skills. I mean, my last job, I had to leave because I wasn't learning anything. And and the way the engineering field is ever evolving, it's evolving at a fast pace and you need to keep up with it. If not, you're going to get lost. And what's going to happen? You're going to work somewhere for 10 years. And when it's time to leave, what skills do you have? You need to look out for yourself. It's a selfish, in- selfish industry. And it's not a bad thing to be selfish. You need to be selfish about yourself. You need to want to learn and be better at what you do. So now that you are always learning in your new position and you're working with Troll Industries, do you have any plans for your future? So the company, I, I'm not just saying it's because I work there, but I, I, I like working there. It's great. And there's a lot of upwards mobility. And I've seen that literally this week there because they made a lot of promotions. 
there and new positions are being filled. And it's great. I see a lot of opportunities for future advancements Advancement at the company I'm currently at. Any final words for our listeners today? Uh, I, I, I have a joke. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There are 10 types of people in the world. Those 10 types are those who understand binary and those who don't. Oh, I get it because binaries is one and zeros. That's a fantastic <laughs> joke. I know engineers are probably the <laughs> only ones laughing right now. Everybody else, like the, the audio person right now is not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of our, we have some IT majors here. So some of our IT folks might get that as well. That's a good one. Thanks but, for sharing. But that. <laughs> on a final note, I just want to say um, we need more bright minds out there in engineering, we need people who want or want to learn and make a difference. I've seen a lot of people come in and out the door and especially the new generation. I don't know what it is, son. Is it Generation Y now? I, I know I was a millennial. I am a millennial, but- Z maybe? I it's one now. of the letters. But a lot of the older folks, just, just to be completely honest, they don't even accept me. They look at me as the younger generation and we need to prove them wrong. They they look at us as being, you know, we want things, instant gratification. We want things right away. We want to make six figures right now. And the, the fact of the reality is, is that we have to work our way up like, like they did and mm -hmm. we have to want it. And I just want more engineers to come in this field and, and want it. So just talk to me just a bit more about that. How important is it to have that kind of diversity in the engineering industry? We need it. I'll, I'll, plus a lot of these older guys, see, they're stuck in their ways and they need the new blood to come in and, and show them there's other ways, new ideas and, and how to get things done better, more efficiently. And, and I, I totally agree. We need more people. I mean, we need, we need more women too. We need more women. I'm not just saying that because Sonia's here, but it's, it's a very male-dominated field. And I feel like we need more women to come out and show us up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's fun to see that. I like seeing it. I, I went and I did a, um, I had a meeting and it was with another company and I had a woman there and she came in and she shocked me. I was like, whoa, nice. Not in a bad way, but it was like, I'm constantly dealing with men all the time. And it was mm -hmm. like, wow. So I'm happy to see that. And I want to see more of that. If you are interested in becoming an engineer, we can help you get there. The RAC Engineering Associate of Science program prepares students to transfer into a bachelor's engineering program with their first and second year science, math, introductory engineering, and general education requirements already completed. Pursuing this program applies calculus and other high-level mathematics courses to the theory of function and design of objects and devices. Students will also gain hands-on fundamental engineering skills. For a more hands-on learning experience, the Mechatronics Associate of Applied Science prepares students for careers as engineering technicians in diversified manufacturing. Students gain knowledge and skills in blueprint reading, CAD drawing, mechanics, pneumatics, hydraulics, electricity, motors and motor control, programmable logic controls, robotics and motion control, process control, instrumentation, and computer integrated manufacturing. More details are available at rack.edu slash academics slash mechatronics. To learn more and get started today, call 610-607-6224 or email admissions at rack.edu. Classes start throughout the year, so you are never more than a few weeks away from your new start. Be sure to check back each week as we bring you more stories of student success. Download the app or visit us at buzzsprout.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, or iHeartRadio. I am Sonia Rieger on the Reading Area Community College Podcast, and I can't wait to see you next time. Bye!